speed like you've never seen before. Call me crazy, but he's not going to win. What? What? This is NASCAR. This is the Behind the Wall Podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media, your source for all things NASCAR. Bringing you the weekly NASCAR news with a comedic edge and a hot side of cold takes. The Behind the Wall Podcast with your hosts, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Now, pull those belts tight and hit the gas. On the Wall Podcast, episode 86. I'm Henry Hobbs, and apparently we're playing the theme song over again. (laughs) Uh, Adam Thomas is back with us. It's been like three months. I ain't talked to you forever. Hey, business is booming. We're busy, but we're back. This man's, uh, he got fired from his (laughs) uh, his pilot job. But now he's back. He's starting with, uh, are you starting with Endeavor? Endeavor Airlines. This month? Uh, actually, next week. June what's, 20th. The, uh, what's the plan here? What are you doing? Besides flying planes. Yep, flying planes. That's about it. Now I got to sit in class for about two months, and then first time I actually fly a jet will be with paying passengers, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So. Pray for those passengers. Me too. I all right, well, let's just, you know, there's no point even trying to sit here and, you know, come up with chit-chat because I just want, I want to talk about the racing we saw this past weekend. Uh, Sonoma came and went. You know, I I got to say, it's it's a cool track. I love the atmosphere. I love the area. I just don't think that that track is it. It is it is not an, it is not a very exciting road course unless there's a dive bomb in the final, uh, the final, uh, paperclip turn. I think it's turn. I don't even know. Turn 11. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's really like the, uh, the, the restarts are exciting. They're fun. Yep. But I think throughout the race, there's just a lack of action. You know, there's not a lot of beating and banging, you know, other tracks like, uh, like, uh, Watkins Glen or you know, even circuit of the America. We saw a really solid race at, at Coda this year. Uh, Sonoma, I think it just kind of lacks it. Like they're, they're yeah, absolutely zero contest really for the win. Um, uh, by the end of the race, I think, uh, Daniel Suarez was about three seconds out and five, yeah, I guess yeah, five seconds. I guess the, I guess the race did well in terms of, uh, Jeff Gluck's poll. It had a positive, uh, positive feedback. I think it was like 60%. Yeah. Basically 70, 30. But I think the only thing really saving that race was Daniel Suarez getting his first cup win, which, you know, it's about time he got one. You know, I've, I've, I've never, I've never been super high on Daniel Suarez. I think he's, he's, he's very overrated. I think he's a good driver, but he's overrated. People expect him to be the bee's no. knees. But you know, when you race for Joe Gibbs racing, you race for Stuart Haas racing, you're unable to get wins. And then the people that come in after you into that ride are able to get wins. 
at saying something. But uh, you know, he's been close this year, and he's finally uh, he's finally gotten that that illustrious first win out of the way. So he might start popping off wins here. But I mean, in, in terms of Sonoma this past weekend, it, it was saved by Daniel Suarez getting his first win. It was saved with that and that post race press conference or not basically not press conference but uh interview right after you get out of the car um just exciting seeing all the first time winners and their emotions because that's where the right when they get out of the car the post-race interview down the checkered it's where you get to see that raw emotion it's really cool to see that and yeah the luck for him finally went his way I mean, he's had, I mean, you know, he, he's been doing fantastic this season, but either he pushed too hard somewhere or he, somewhere else, someone else would do that and then take them both out and kind of screw him for the rest of the race. And it finally, uh, the cards were dealt in his favor. Yeah, I think it was about time. And, you know, it, it goes without saying a lot of the drivers face the type of struggles that he has. You know, you dominate for the entire race, but you're not able to put together the last, you know, the whole 400 nope. miles. You could maybe get 350, but then that last 50 miles, either the pit crew screws up, you mess up on pit road by speeding, or you just you know mess up in a turn, hit the wall. I mean, it's happened to Tyler Reddick. It's happened to you know just about every single driver on the circuit. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Trackhouse. I mean, Trackhouse is just absolutely showing out this year because you know, Chastain didn't have the greatest race this past weekend. Has just won it, but in the past uh past few weeks and really the past year chastain's been on fire he's second in points right now um it's crazy i mean uh, it's unheard of besides kyle larson who literally did last year winning the championship with a brand new team that's also that's hendrick equipment but you know for chastain to be you know i think we're uh 15 races into the uh into the season and you know chastain is still hanging around it's super impressive i mean he's one of the championship favorites at this point so um you know, it's good to see Trackhouse as uh, as an organization, you know, finally put all the pieces together to get put the, put both of their drivers in victory lane. Because, um, like Justin Mark says, it's it's not a it's not a team it's not a uh, an organization with two teams. It's um, it's he, the way he said it is that it's a, it's a gun with two bullets. So you know they're the exact same. They they share information. So you know it's good to finally see that you know both bullets are able to hit the target. Ah, I see what you did there. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks. no problem. Anytime. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's just I, you you spoke on it right there. I mean, it's, I just like seeing, you know, whether Ross wins or this past weekend when Daniel won, just like you said, the whole team was excited. And it was cool to see everyone celebrating a team win, especially because of how new they are. and rather than just a single car team celebrating and it was different to see. It was cool to see and um happy to see Trackhouse do as good as they're doing because about time someone else popped off. Yeah. And you know, as, as we move on into the season, we're getting closer and closer to the uh, regular season cutoff at Daytona. And we're really, frankly, I'll put it straight. We're running out of playoff spots. They're drivers who, you know, they are proclaiming that we are not going to have 16 different winners, but you know, look at the tracks that we're coming up to Nashville. We it, it, look at the, the tracks we're coming up to and the drivers who've yet to win this season, Kevin Harvick, uh, Tyler Reddick, 
um, Ryan Blaney, uh, you know, who else? Martrex Jr. And, you know, there are other drivers who were you know, running there at the top who could you know, find a way into victory lane. Um, you know, you've got, I think we're at, uh, was that 11 or 11 different winners? Yeah. So 11, 11 different winners. We got five spots left. Yep. I think we, I think we're going to see 16 and the, I, I feel like the 16th is going to win at Daytona. Cause I mean, that's, that's just, that's all, just a wild card. Yeah. It's a wild card race. So, you know, you could end up with uh Ricky Stenhouse jr. In victory lane and making his way into the playoffs. But yeah, you know, look at Chris Buescher too. Look what he did this past weekend on a road course. We've got, couple more road courses during the regular season Watkins Glen uh uh where else uh Road America uh we is there another one too there's gotta be another one in the regular season uh the Indy road course yeah in in the uh, Indianapolis road course that's three tracks where Chris Busher could notch out a win uh other drivers who are solid at uh at road courses uh you know Stenhouse is not a slouch at road courses um you know, Truex is solid at road courses. So, yeah, you know, we are, uh, I, I'm thinking that we're going to get that 16th winner. But out of all the drivers who haven't gotten a win this year, who do you think is going to be the next driver to notch his name and get a win this season? I'm just scrolling through a list. I'm looking. I mean, it's kind of a toughie. I mean, definitely, I definitely think Chris Bush, Chris Busher has what it takes to get that done. But another one that I was just scrolling through and saw, Christopher Bell. He hasn't won a race yet. Um, you know, four top fives, nine top tens. I mean, he's there. He's tenth in points. So he definitely is showing out in the track and finishing good. He just hasn't been able to finish up um, at top. So I would go with – my guy's going to go with Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell is the next driver to get – uh, a winless driver going to win this year? Oh, you say? Oh, you were saying winless? Yeah, yeah, winless driver. No, uh, no, I thought no, you were not, saying not like winless overall. I'm, I'm saying someone who wasn't hasn't won this year, like a Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Martin Drex Jr. So if you're going yeah. Christopher Bell, that is a hot take. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's my hot take. Uh, I I got to go with uh with Tyler Reddick. He's he had a little slump there, uh, like midway through the uh, midway through Fox's broadcast schedule where. You know, he started out strong, and then he just hit a little, a little, little slump spot, a little soft, soft zone in yeah. the schedule. I think yeah. he's coming back. Uh, he's been contending. Uh, I, I like him this weekend at uh, or next weekend at uh, at uh, what's it called? Um, Nashville. I think there he's gonna go. he's gonna show up and you know, be able to rip the uh, rip the wall. Uh, so I, I like him a lot, getting the notching that win. But I, I do think at some point Kevin Harvick and uh, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, and uh, Martin Trucks Jr. are going to get that win. So, like I said, at that point, we've got two slots open. We yeah. got Daytona. You know, Ryan Blaney crushes at Daytona, so he that could be his win. But I think there's just a lot of there's a lot yeah. of uncertainty. So, you know, if I were you know, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, who uh, Denny Hamlin's got two wins so far, so he's he's pretty set at this point. Um, yeah. But you know, Kurt Busch, you got to go on. You you cannot cannot just assume that we're not going to have 16 winners no because if you if you sit there and assume and get complacent then you know daytona is going to come around boom someone higher than you is going to win that race you know christopher bell kevin harvick and all of a sudden you're out of the playoffs it doesn't matter you won earlier in the season 
yeah. One, at that one, point, it's just all on point. He's in. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're essentially getting to the point where, you know, only six drivers have really cemented their spot because I know there's no way that everyone gets two wins. So, that really, the only way at this point, it used to be win and you're in, and now it's win two and you're in. It's, it's get to the point where, you know, winning is really everything because each and every week someone new could win and, you know, absolutely eviscerate your chances of racing for a championship. And that's especially why, too, like this past weekend you saw it, those teams who are on the bubble or near the bubble, a little bit above, below, they stayed out and gra- tried to grab as many stage points as they could, while the other teams who are a little bit higher or the drivers who are a little bit higher, they were even if they were running top five, they still pit with two to go in the stage, three to go in the stage, not two to go, three to go to, in the stage. So uh, it was cool how Strat was put into play with that, but. Uh, I mean, Danny said he doesn't think there's going to be 16 winners. Uh, I think there's going to be 16 winners. Sorry, Denny. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, sorry, Denny. I mean, six, 16, you're still good. But if you reach that 17th winner, oh, man. You know, talk about if we get to 16 winners before Daytona, Ooh. there's going to be some chaos there. I, I, I think we're going to – the Daytona this year is going to be the most intense race of the season so far. Yeah. And it's just – yeah, that's why I love that they put that cutoff race at Tal- uh, not, not Talladega, Daytona. You know, Richmond was a fantastic spot to put that race because back when they had it there, you know, there's actually it was actually exciting to race at Richmond. Uh, they got to find a way to you know, bring that excitement back. But the Indianapolis was a terrible track for the cutoff race; just meant absolutely nothing. Just not a fun race to watch. So, you know, that that race has just really been revitalized by moving it to Daytona. And I've yep. said it before, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You know, why why not open and close the, your regular season at your crown jewel, your greatest and best track, your fastest, well, I don't know about fastest, but your uh, second fastest track, your second uh, longest oval. I mean, it's, it's essentially in, it, starting and ending the season with like, I don't know, yeah. I, guess, I guess a crown jewel. But uh, so I mean, still, you win at Daytona, you win at Daytona. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still a, still a big event. So as we uh, as we bid farewell to uh, Sonoma this weekend, we also bid farewell to uh, Fox and their broadcast schedule. They're still they've still got all the truck races for the remainder of the season, but you know as far as Cup and Xfinity goes, that all moves over to NBC. How would you rate their performances this year? I want to I want to split up into two different categories. One of them being uh, one of them being uh, the uh, the broadcast booth itself, you know, switching out the different drivers and commentators and then the uh, actual broadcast itself. So the production side. So we'll go uh, and we'll go pre-race as well. So three different segments, rate it one out of five and we'll, we'll see where it goes at uh 15. Or out of okay. 15. All right. So start with pre-race. All right. What you want, what you want to do? You want to do this like Dave Portnoy, one slice, everybody knows rules, decimaled <laughs> up to 10. Uh, no, let's just go even number. Make it easy. Even number? Golly. All right. Uh, pre-race, I'm going to give it a seven. The only reason I say that is just because some of the bits that they do um, pre-race. Put it out. Do what? Put it out. Yeah. Um, some of the bits that they do and really just watching, listening to Clint. He's hilarious. He's entertaining. Um, but then also really, I wish the, I wish the, um, the grid walk 
was a lot was longer instead of like tapping one or two drivers and be like all right we're going to pre-race yeah that's it used to be a so, lot longer like it used to be three three four minutes where you just ran up and down pit road and it was hilarious yeah that, that was probably that was the best part of pre-race then they started doing these pits if you were playing i mean if you add those pits then i get it but um yeah that's the only thing make it make make the grid well longer we need to, we need to watch a little bit more of that all right i'm gonna give them a uh I got, I'm, I'm going to agree there with a seven. And I, the reason that they're, you know, I, I would say pre-race as a whole is a six uh, when they do it in studio and they're uh, like basically their race hub set. Um, I think that's, that's lacking big time. I like when they have more yeah. content at the track, you know, I, the, if they, if they did the entire priest or the entire uh, season at track, like they did with race day at uh, Daytona or a, uh, or Darlington or, you know, where actually it won't even Darlington, uh, you know, the, whatever races it was, that would be a 10 just because the excitement in the fans voices or the excitement behind them is always great. Um, but also I do, I do enjoy their, their bits, put it out as hilarious. The grid walk is hilarious. I love, you know, the showing that the drivers are not inaccessible. You know, if you're a fan, you can buy the pit pass and go, you know, rub shoulders with the drivers, get their autograph. You know, they're, they're not out of touch like a lot of other sports, like the superstars of other sports. Um, it really just shows the people that they're accessible. So I think, you know, the pre-race show did a solid job of that. And in the, in the future, I'd love to see them, you know, branch out more, have more, uh, you know, at the actual, the, the show in the desk at track. I think that would be ideal, but uh, I got I got to agree with you there seven on, uh, for the pre-race. All right. So, how'd you feel about the uh, the? Nope. Yeah, we'll get production. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, production. Give it a half. Five. Five out of ten. Um. That's kind of generous, but uh. And I know everyone's got to make their money, but the race should always be shown on TV, no matter what. They should only. I mean that the side by side's good if they got to do ads we get that yeah, but you know then I watch F one, and it's fifty some laps of uninterrupted racing on ESPN, and that's what everyone says. Oh, Fox missed another wreck because of commercials, or oh another caution Fox missed it. You know everyone's got to make their money, but you know they should just make it to where it's side by side and the race should never go off the screen in my opinion. You know, I don't really have, obviously I, I'm a fan of less commercials and, you know, just really any TV show or sporting event uh, in general, is going to have a bunch of commercials. I mean, you look at uh, SEC football on CBS, oh. it's like every, uh, every timeout, you know, they're always, every injury they're going to, they're going to uh, the commercials, the most obnoxious thing of all time, you know, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really have an issue with, you know, some commercials because it kind of gives you like a little mental break when, you know, it's a, it's an action packed race. Or if there's a, you know, there's yep. a lull in the race where you could be like, okay, I'm going to look at my phone and I'll have to feel bad or feel like I'm going to miss something. Um, so I don't have an issue with that. Uh, obviously they don't know when cautions are going to happen. So that's like you said, the whole, uh, you know, Oh, here they go again. Uh, commercial during a caution. That's just, just a, that's a terrible argument. Um, I would have to go with probably a, a six, you know, I think that they've gotten, They've gotten better this year at showing, you know, on track battles. You know, they're 
they're not focused on, you know, the, the two leaders are showing battles throughout the pack. You know, there are times when, you know, you want to see what the leader's doing, but they're focused on a, uh, like a 10th place battle. Yep. Um, the camera works fine. I, I, and I also do enjoy the drone, but yeah. I, the, uh, you know, I don't know how to fix the commercials because obviously they need money and you know, more money is better. So, um, they should yeah. tell them that it's going to be, it's side by side. I mean, or if not, like do it like the. I mean, not, you know, directly side by side, but make them catty corners. So make if you got to make the, uh, the advertisement a little bit bigger to make more people happy. I mean, do that, but at least keep the race on the screen the entire time. To at least make some people happy. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go. Uh, let's jump into broadcast. How do you feel? How did you feel this season about the broadcast? With the crew. Yeah, the, the the in uh in uh the booth the booth booth that's what yeah, yeah. I was saying uh, yeah. press box but it's, it's yeah. you could you, I guess it's the booth yeah press box we call Doug yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I enjoyed it I mean I was gonna I was sitting here like I was gonna give it a nine out of ten just cause like I said I love listening to Clint he. He does a good job. He's entertaining. I honestly like the whole rotating third commentator because it gives a different insight to how the people, you know, one, commentate, two, how they think, oh, this is the way I would do it, or um, this is what I would be thinking if I were the driver, if the guy was a driver and as the third commentator. So I thought that, that aspect was pretty cool. Um, it was just a it was a good idea. I don't know if they're going to keep that or not. Um, you know, if they went to a part-time, you know, kind of like a part-time driver, he runs a set of races. If they do a part-time host and then the rest rotate, that'd be kind of cool if they got to get a more standard person. But overall, 9 out of 10. I got to agree with you there. And I, the only reason I'm giving them a 9 is that one or two of the guests were you know, lacking. They, I think they just went for a star-studded booth over – you know, assuming he could actually offer good insight throughout the race. I don't think Dan, I'm, I'm indifferent about Danico. You know, I think she, she has a lot to offer, but I think that, you know, she's, she's not as commanding as Clint Boyer is. So she kind of just becomes a, a third person that falls to the back of the booth. So she, you don't really you know, pay attention to when she's talking as much. And I don't, I don't love what they did with the throwback race. Obviously Richard Petty, um, Bobby Labonte and uh, Bill Elliott are fantastic individuals. I love to hear what they have to say, but you know, I, I don't want it to turn into you know just throwing someone in the booth just to throw someone in the booth. That's uh, to you know give it that star-studded feel. You know, I want people in there like Tony Stewart, like Matt Kenseth, like Chad Canals, like uh, um, and Jamie McMurray because they have a lot to offer. They're entertaining. They have a uh, you know that uh, general knowledge of what's going on in a sport. You know, if you put experience and uh, and brains over, uh, if or if they would have put experience and brains over, uh, you know, just pure personality uh, or uh, fame, uh, I think it would have it would have been a lot better. And I'm not saying that Bill Elliott and uh, Richard Petty and Bobby Labonte don't have a lot to offer, along with Danica Patrick. I just don't think that they're born to be uh, in the booth. You know, they're, they're, they're quiet individuals. They have, they, their knowledge is insane and they have so many interesting stories, but it's not entertaining to listen to them for an entire stage or an entire race. So just for that, I'm going to give them a nine, but per usual, 
uh, Clint Boyer blows it out of the park. His humor is awesome. Uh, he's obviously got, he's just, he's fun to listen to. He works. He's fantastic with uh, a majority uh, really just anyone that you put in the booth. And then Mike joy per usual is, you know, just uh, the good old granddad in the booth. Uh, I- iconic yeah. voice, an iconic individual. Uh, he's funny. He's professional. It's, it's tough to beat the, uh, the booth. And I wish, I wish, I mean, I wish it would be, uh, I wish the booth could be Larry McReynolds, Clint Boyer, and uh, Mike Joy. I think that's an all-star booth right there. But obviously Fox wants to keep uh, Larry McReynolds in Charlotte to do the, uh, the technical side of the broadcast. But, you know, him on, uh, him as the, uh, the third guy in the booth is, you know, that would, that would make, obviously make this an 11 out of 10, but um, I'm glad they got him in the booth a couple times this season. Yeah, that was kind of cool that they were able to do that. All right, so sadly, it's going to be a short show. Not too much to talk about. Uh, also, we do have a week off, but or, since we have a week off, we uh, we don't we're not going to do a show next week. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, our race winner and dark horse for um, for Nashville. It's been a while, but I'd love to hear uh, who you think is going to pull off a dub in uh, two weeks' time. Tyler Reddick. <laughs> Even though I said earlier, Dick. No. Yeah. Are you are you actually going with Tyler Reddick? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I am. Honestly, yeah. Well, honestly, what I did, I opened the NASCAR app, went to standings, and swiped up and down really fast, and stopped it, and his his name was underneath my finger. So I mean, that was, your fate was just decided by a swipe. So who's your uh, who, who's one in the race? Hmm. Or who's your favorite? That's a good question. Let's go. I'm gonna go Melon Man. I want to see Chastain win another one. I want to see a Melon smash. Rostifer Chastain. Rostifer. <laughs> um. Yeah, those are two two guys that I probably would have picked. Uh. I don't know if you could uh it's, it's so tough. I'm gonna go with uh with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as a dark horse. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I yeah, I've got nothing. I've got I've got no reasoning behind it, but I just, you know, I think of a dark horse, I think of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So I got him as a uh, as a dark horse. Do I think he can win the race? Probably not. But honestly, I'd have to run through the uh, entire list of all the Cup Series drivers to find someone who I guess would meet the criteria of a uh, of a dark horse at this point, just because they're, yeah, just this so cars have leveled the playing field like crazy. It's awesome. I love the parody. Uh, race winner. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Yeah, he he dominated this track or this race last year, and I don't think this uh, this year is going to be any different. You know, he's kind of struggled with the new car. It hasn't been the most incredible season for him, but uh, yeah, this is a track where you can run the wall. Um, yeah, it's going to be hot. It's going to be slick. You know that the dirt racing experience is going to come into play, so yeah, I've got uh, you know Chevrolet going bow tie crazy. Season, baby. It's bow tie season, summer months. All right. Well, on behalf of Adam Thomas, I'm Henry Hobbs. This is this is the Behind the Wall podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.